Welcome to Uncommon Sense. Craig Kamanis and Dean Holmes host Uncommon Sense, where they discuss key business ideas on how to improve financial planning businesses. Thanks for listening and on to the next episode. Good good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to number three of Uncommon Sense with Dean and Craig. And today we're trying out some new things as we go through to our chat to our audience. So if you are watching on LinkedIn or happen to be watching on YouTube, either of which you can use the comments on LinkedIn and then actually comes through to Craig and I with, with unfortunately a little bit of delay, but we'll be able to see that and talk through as we go along today. So how are you, Craig? What's been happening? Yeah, going well, thank you, Dean. It's been great. I've been out traveling a little bit again. So back battling some airports and some aircraft and delays, but it's a small price to pay to be able to be getting around the country again and, and catching up with, with people, which has been really nice. And and I guess in that, mate, one of the, the things that I have constantly keep hearing at the moment is how hard resourcing is. You know, I spent some time on the Sunshine Coast recently and as you walk down the main strip with all of the restaurants and things, like every single restaurant had help wanted out the front. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's just labour's becoming a common problem across many industries, but particularly, I guess, in financial planning. A number of the people that I'm talking to are having trouble finding quality people to, to work in their business, yeah. uh, whether that's para planning or back office or, or whatever it might be. And I then sort of suggest to some people say, you know, have you thought about outsourcing? And I know when you you say that every single time you get this sort of 20 second pause back as the person you've said it to sits there and goes, do I really want to do that? And I know, mate, this is something that you've been doing with the businesses that you coach and in your own business very, very successfully for some time. And when we were talking about it just late last week, you had some really great ways to consider it and think about it. And I think today, as a, as a focus for, for uh, Uncommon Sense number three, that would be great to talk about. Yeah, yeah brilliant. I think the everyone does get a little bit worried about outsourcing, I think, Craig, because the concept is always that you lose a little bit of the control and probably as financial advisors, we might be a little bit of a control freak in terms of what we do. And so that's always a challenge that we face about going, well, I want to outsource something. And so therefore I'm going to lose control or quality might might change. And so the first thing that we always think about when it comes to outsourcing is it's not really outsourcing. Like if the last two years has taught us anything is like, people can work remotely anywhere in the world. And so the concept of outsourcing is a very corporate term. And really it deals with taking a job that was done in a particular company and moving it somewhere else. And that's typically to save money. Whereas when we talk to financial advisors about outsourcing, really we're just trying to grow their team without the additional complexity of having more and more staff and and what the office expansion and other things that goes on with adding more staff in your business. So outsourcing for us is much more about relationships opposed to getting a particular job done. And our first our first foray into this was a failure in terms of outsourcing, most definitely. And so what happened in our first journey is we, we found a partner in terms of outsourcing that was a transactional outsource. And so what that means is that Uh, I needed a job done, like a super research done. And so I would pay per job and I would get one job done and that would be it. And so the thing about that, that that 
ended up failing for us is that it was very hard to improve the work that was being done because they were that company was was focused on just doing one thing the same way a thousand times. Right. And so our first learning that we had coming into this outsourcing world is that firstly that you can't you can never improve on a transactional relationship. And I felt that that's so important, Craig, and I prepared for it that I would put it on the screen. And so you cannot improve on a transactional relationship to me means that if you're just buying an outcome, i.e. you're buying this super research to be done, it's very difficult to give feedback to a person to do it better or the company overall. And so for us, we moved away from that to focus on relationships whenever we think about building out any part of our back office system within our businesses. And so the focus that we have now is on relationships and working on those relationships over time. And so whether that is any part of the business ecosystem of your back office, be it power planning, IT support, or just client service support, we want to focus on the relationship that you have with the provider first and foremost, and then the relationship that you have with the staff member that's working in your business, be it if they're working one hour a week, but doing something, we still have the opportunity to build a relationship with with that person, or if they're full-time in the business, there's an ongoing need for you to build a relationship with staff as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really interesting, mate, because what I'm picking up there is, you know, even at the start, I sort of referred to it as the outsourcing and, and I guess it kind of is because you're not employing someone directly, but the real link and the real thing that I'm hearing from you there is that this person is as much a team member as the person sitting in your office with you. And let's face it, like we've been through two years of COVID where you're not even sitting in the office with most of yeah. our team members yeah. anyway. So yeah. we've probably had some practice without even realising it of, of how to deal with people that don't sit at, we don't sit in an office with every day. A hundred percent. So it's that we've learned now that we can all work from home or remotely. And so that obviously transfers to multiple locations around Australia and the world, most importantly. But, we, but the essence of, of human connection and relationships hasn't gone away. And so by focusing on the relationship first, you're actually able to make better progress. And that even transcends to when you have, if you're working with people from different countries, for example, because there's a cultural difference. Firstly, when there's a cultural and maybe a language difference, we, all we have is the relationship, finding out about one another, sharing small stories is really important in getting that foundation set to make sure that you're building a really good core relationship with the person, just like you would do in Australia if you had a new staff member. Like, it's surprising to me sometimes that everything that you would normally do if you had a new staff member working next to you, you should always do with your new partner, be it an outsourced or insourced or wherever they are, is have a coffee with them, find out a little bit about their background and where they've been, whether you do that digitally and virtual coffee, like Craig's in Adelaide now, but we can we still had a coffee this morning. Whether we're doing it digitally or physically, it doesn't matter, but it's that essence of, of connecting and sharing stories over time. Yeah, great, mate. Now, the other one that comes up is, okay, so let's say I, I enter one of these arrangements and you know I've now been partnered up with a virtual assistant and, and I'm ready to go. Like, so I know normally through these arrangements, you typically buy a set amount of hours for each month. And one of the things that comes up for people new to this and entering into that relationship early is how many hours is it actually going to take for me to train the VA, for them to 
you know, be involved in our business and how our systems and processes work. So I'm wondering if you've got any tips there, Dean, about that interaction, but also perhaps, you know, even before that, about how well you should set up processes before you actually engage. Yeah, so our our experience comes from making the mistake and then coming back to a new way of doing it but also working with two different partners through that process as well. And so I got some tips along the way from our from our current partner, which we've been working with for over three and a half years in terms of helping us to source and obviously pay the staff, our staff and team and things like that. But the first thing which I tell everyone because he told me is actually that people comes before process. So okay. lots of advisors that we talk to go, I'd love the idea of a virtual assistant or a CSO but let me just get organized first or let me just get some processes down that they could follow or or they say, I don't know what they would do yet. So therefore, if I don't know what they would do, how am I actually going to give them anything to do? And it's the wrong way around because advisors were not put on the earth to build processes first and foremost. So we're meant to be talking to clients and helping them through financial and emotional journeys. And so the whole idea of us sitting down to build a process is like the, you know, the cryptic kryptonite to a to a to superman like we we probably hate it and so the idea is let's bring in a person and they can learn and build the processes over time so that's our first learning about people people before process the second learning for us is don't try to buy hours the concept of going oh look i'll i'll get a part-time resource or i'll get someone for 20 hours a week and things like that the the economics of it but also the delegation of it is that there is definitely 40 hours a week in your world that you could ask someone else to do and if you're not filling that other person to their capacity over time then you're actually not doing the right delegation there's more things that you should be able to do as the advisor and so on our website, I've actually got a tool which is called Delegate to Success, which is all about identifying all the jobs that you do in a, on a day-to-day basis that you hate. So documenting all of those because those jobs end up being things that you could help, you get help within your business. And if you hate something, there's someone else in the world that actually loves that part of the job. So you can definitely do it. So we've got people ahead of process. Then we've got hire a full-time resource and actually yep. working with VA Platinum and Brian, he would say hire two to start on day one. And that often blows everyone's mind in terms of thinking about it because they're already unsure about bringing on a part-time resource. And I'm here saying that you should bring on two resources, but the, the economics of it still makes sense first and foremost. But secondly to that, it allows two people to be trained at the same time, which means if one person doesn't work out, you haven't wasted all of your time. Two people hear things slightly differently, so they train differently. And we have, we, we've mastered, I suppose, a six person organizational chart underneath an advisor. And so everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. And so you get to learn those over time and you mold their careers within your team in the exact way you would if you had someone sitting next to you. And that brings me to the third point is how you train them is exactly the same as if the person was sitting next to you. So if I was doing something on a spreadsheet at my desk and Shane over here was on his first day and he was about to learn something, he would roll his chair over and watch what I did. Okay. I learned how to talk to clients 
by being in the bullpen of six other advisors. And so you heard their conversations every single day. You just recreate that by inviting, inviting your staff to meetings so they can meet your clients and they can hear what's going on. Excellent, mate. Now, yep. you touched on delegation. And, yes. and this one for me is a is a classic and and mate, maybe this is a topic for another uncommon sense in the future that we can dig really deep into. But the part I want to ask you is, I think lots of people go, I hate that job, right? I don't want to do that task. It's not actually a revenue producing task. So why am I doing it, et cetera, et cetera. But then so many people have so much trouble actually delegating because yeah. they're a bit controlling and stuff. Did you sense that when you started this? And I mean, this doesn't matter whether you're using an outsource or someone who's working in your business, I guess, but I just want your experience of, did you sense that? And if you did, how did you get over it? Or if you didn't, why not? Yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing personal challenge to continue to delegate things. And so you can, you can be like arrogant around it and go, I can't do these jobs because it's below my pay grade. But then when you actually look at what you do, there's lots of things that we do every day that's, that, that we can essentially say is below our pay grade. But just by saying that doesn't actually work. And so there's the tool, tools and exercises you can go through with your team around identifying all of the jobs that advisors don't enjoy doing and solve that for the advisors to create space in their day. But it's around also empowering your staff to take things off you. Our best, our current business partner, but Stella, when she first started with us 15 years ago, one of the greatest things that we did is we we took her through our business plan, which is also really important for every staff member and, and the circle of associates might have to understand your vision and values and where your business is going. That's for another week. But when we took Stella through that, the one thing that she did the weeks and months and after that was kept telling Paul to stop doing things, to stop do, doing things. So she would say, stop it, Paul. That's my job. I'll do that. Go out and get another client. Yeah. And so the way in which she got that and was able to do it was all linked to the fact that she understood where we were going and that essentially we empowered her to do that by her seeing her role within the whole organization. Now her role's changed now and she's the one going out to get clients, but it was at the time in terms of how you structure the team, it's really important to know where, where everyone sits and, and going within the, within the organization so that they can participate over time. Yeah. Okay. That's, and I guess creating an environment to encourage people to be, have the confidence to say, give it to me. Stop Correct. It. Yeah, um, exactly. Have that openness and culture in the firm as well. Is a Absolutely. Big... And that's a challenge. That's a challenge for the culture and the education about how you build the, build your business over time to have the person going that. Like, off, if you, I always get inspired by the older business, like, you know, 50 years ago, because they had hierarchy, but the hierarchy worked. Like the example of having the mail person open the mail and then triage it send it to the next department to triage and one in a million letters would make it to the CEO. And so that, that was an element of delegation, which was in businesses because of practicality of how it worked. Now communication flips and everyone can email every CEO. You know, we can email you Craig, first name dot last name at, at Paragem and we're, and we're there. And so 
having someone to triage your emails to work out what is a client email that's urgent and what is a investment product flog that you'll get to on the weekend, like having someone do that for you will save you hours a week just in that one example. But you've got to, in order to do it, yes, we delegate, yes, we take our staff. And then the third bit about that is you've got to stop doing it. Yes. We've all been trained to play in our emails, for example. And so we all have to stop doing that because it's someone else's job now. Yeah. And what you just opened up there for me, Dean, is there's probably a whole range of jobs or, or tasks that you don't even know exist that can make you more efficient. And then as you start working with someone who is there full time and, and supporting you and making sure that, you know, you can run your business and, and do the right roles and being as efficient as you can. Like I never even would have thought of someone triaging my emails. Correct. But because the whole process works with the outsourcing and the efficiency and the economics of it, those kind of things would save you hours. And so it'd be great one day to see a massive brainstorm of what are all the things I could actually give mm. up or have help with that would make me more efficient to go and hang out with people. If that's what well, anyone that's listened this far, Craig, I can send them a list from, from VA Platinum. So it's not even my list, but we've got a, there's a list going around of something like 297 jobs that you can get your virtual assistant to do today. And so anyone yeah. that's listening, put a, send a message to me. I think this is not live, so we'll be uploading it later on, but that's for another day. Um, send, it, send me a message and we will get that list to you so you can have a look. Uh, I think it's really valuable and that's a good thought leadership, Craig, of going, what things can we actually get out of our day to move on to, move on to our team? And that's always the way we think about it is we're, just, we're asking another team member to take that job on, which is really valuable. Okay. Mm. But yep. that's, and that Craig, we focused a fair bit on like outsourcing of people within our business, I suppose. But this translates to everything that we do in terms of you just, obviously you can think about power planning. If you've got a direct relationship there, working on the relationship first and foremost, before submitting the plan is still going to be valuable. And, but when you extend that to your accountant, your bookkeeper and your IT support and things like that, it's really important that you A, build a relationship with them, but B, um, let them know where you're heading so that they can help you. I really think that like, just if the IT support, if IT support doesn't know that you're thinking about bringing staff on that work in another country or you're dealing with finance or you've got these other security things, if you're not working with them to inform them about your business, they're less informed to help you. Yes. Yeah. You know, if, if I reflect on today, the, the one thing that's ringing in my mind, which I would have had it the other way around, to be honest, is people before process. Correct. That yeah. is a massive learning for me today. When you said that, I went, naturally, I want to go the other way. Yeah, and I think it's probably Sir Richard Branson, if I was to quote, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But there was a there's a thing about him that he would actually just hire the greatest people and then they would work out what they could do within the Virgin group. So he'd actually find people and go, well, you can come and work for Virgin. I don't know what you're going to do. It's your job to work out what you got to do. And so definitely, like, that goes all the way down from the most talented people will work it out to 
bring people in and let them be on the journey with you to work it out as well. I think, yeah, it's people, I, everything I talk about is comes down to people and process. And so absolutely the good takeaway, Craig, is put, put people ahead of process. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, right, that you talk like that. It, it's not quite right, but you, you told me to start reading Will Smith's or listening to Will Smith's autobiography. Yeah. And he was talking about when they make the fresh prints, like there's, there's a script obviously that needs to be written to start something, but then they actually give them this, what they call playtime. Mm. So he said, this. I was being paid to like play for three days yes. of the week because we would be able to take that script and put our own process to it, the way we would act it, what we would do, whether it's funny, whether it's not. And so, you know, as people, we would transform that script before it was actually finalised. And I guess it's, yep. I'm, I'm drawing a long bow here, but it's kind of, the same thing right like yeah yeah i like it yeah so yeah. we get we can talk about the will smith book all all day but yes you're right that there's an element of allowing the people's personality and your team's personality to come through and that goes for lots of things like you like to script emails so that the your client has a consistent experience but you also want to leave space for personalities to come through otherwise especially for small businesses otherwise you're dealing with the bank right we're just a mini you're just a mini bank or a mini large organization that everything is so scripted that when our team call our client they're not reading a script they're just calling our client to help them get something done and if they know everything they need to do to get the job done and they just communicate that to the client um, which is com the complete opposite to a large corporate that would focus so much energy on scripting and yes. then just find people to read scripts. Whereas obviously you want people to, to be able to think in their roles. And so in order to let people think as the Will Smith example, you gotta let them play and gotta give them the power to be able to do things on their own, which is the whole improvisation world that obviously he came from, but lots of it, as you get further in the book, if you've not finished lots of the thing, lots of the great things, in lots of great movies were the improvisation of the the central theme around it it wasn't like everything being scripted correct no no i uh, i like it well mate we promised to keep these between 20 and 25 minutes we're there. And, and we're there so that was uncommon sense number three there were some great insights you've shared with us today dean so for those listening like we said we're not quite sure if this is live on linkedin at the moment but hey you know what like we're having a go and sometimes technology is not your friend but the beauty of that is it will always be able to be re-watched because uh it's being recorded and we look forward to people having a look and if you've watched this later thank you for watching and if you need anything at all i reach out to dean or myself dean thanks Very mate. Good. Have a great day thanks craig i will end the live stream talk to everyone soon cheers cheers